Glad we serve a mighty God. Mighty God, mighty God. Yes, you are a mighty God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that you truly are awesome and worthy to be praised. And Father, as we continue on to worship you and magnify you on today, Father, we ask for your word to come to our hearts right now. Father, I pray you use me as your vessel to speak your holy and powerful word, that our hearts and our minds will be transformed, and that we will humbly come to you and serve you, Father. Have your way is our prayer. In Jesus' name, let all those agree say amen. Seeing Jesus being transformed. That's what we're going to deal with this morning as we are going to follow Jesus as he goes to Jerusalem. As as is the Lent season and leading up to the Resurrection Sunday. Uh, leading up to our Savior, defeating death and rising again. Uh, but on his way there, he took his disciples with them. They were on a journey. We find in the Gospel of Mark, the ninth chapter, Jesus goes up onto a mountain with just three of his disciples, and they see a magnificent experience there. And many times, many of us, we go places just to change ourselves. Sometimes we go to that favorite store we like to go to get those clothes that make you feel special. You know, it may, may be uh, that special place that has those fancy names that you cannot pronounce and you can't afford. So we always look at the discount store to get them same places. And oftentimes we may dress up and we make us feel different because of the clothes we put on. Some of us act like we don't dress up, but yet you could just look at children. Children dress up all the time. May put on mommy or daddy's clothes. Uh, I I found out, I didn't know this, but I found my mom had a picture of me with her pumps on in the kitchen. I don't know how I might have been like two years old in that picture, mom, or something like that. You know, but yeah, I'm glad nobody else saw that picture but me. But you know, I guess that day I wanted to be like my mama. But, but it wasn't the only time I put my mom's shoes on. I put my mom's shoes on, my dad's shoes all the time, trying to walk around in their shoes because I just wanted to be like them. Many times children will put on and say, I'm a doctor today, I'm a cop today, I'm a fireman today, I'm a nurse today. They will put on these clothes and they want to transform their identity. They want to change who they are because they want to be somebody else. Seeing Jesus being transformed, what does that mean to us? In the Gospel of Mark, ninth chapter, second verse, reading from the New Living Translation, the Word of God says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. And as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it is wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice 
from the clouds said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Then they asked him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus responded, Elijah indeed, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. Yet why do the scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer greatly, be, be, be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they chose to abuse him, just as the scriptures predicted. Praise God for his word. Seeing Jesus being transformed. Look in this text, you see the participants in here. We see the God the Father. We see God the Son and his three chosen disciples. Then two fantastic characters step up. On the scene. Look at who's involved here and, and, and think about why are they involved here. Why did Jesus go high up a mountain? Why did Jesus only take Peter, James, and John? Well, we, we know a little bit about Peter. Peter was always outright in speaking. Peter was very brass. Uh, Peter, we, we know, is now the, the rock that God built the church on. Peter, we know about Peter. What do we know about James? Well, we read about James and Acts that he was killed, one of the first disciples to be killed. Herod killed him. We, we know about, about James and John, how they would speak oftentimes in, in Acts and how they go forth in the gospel. But yet I think that James and John and Peter were able to be even more emboldened because of these personal experiences they had in seeing Jesus being transformed. We talked about earlier, I was saying how we oftentimes go to put on clothes, how we put on clothes to transform our appearance. How we might say to somebody, you clean up nicely. In other words, we're saying that you normally don't look this good. That's that code word. We try to be polite in saying so. You know how you, you think you always look good, but sometimes you get that one hairstyle and everybody likes it and they all compliment you on the hairstyle. Makes you wonder how they never compliment you before. Because they really like how you look today, that appearance. It, it was something different about that appearance. They spent many times with Jesus, but yet this time his appearance changed before them. And you're looking at the word, and immediately it transformed. Immediately it changed. And I like how it describes it. Basically, literally what it's saying, that his, he, his transformed and his clothes became wider than any fuller could ever bleach on this world. And during that time, during that time of bleaching, they would take, the fuller would be oftentimes would live outside of the city because everything that he did to whiting these clothes was so disgusting and smelled so bad, nobody wanted to smell it. And so they would be out there and use all kinds of different material, putrid urine, all these other things to help get the diseases and the stuff out of the cloth. And they would have maybe kids running on the, on the garment in the water, help stamp it and clean it. And then they'll put it out in the sun. This was all part of the bleaching process. But yet it said that Jesus' clothes were still wider <laughs> than anyone could ever bleach. 
Have you ever got a stain in your clothes? You started looking for OxyClean, all that stuff, trying to bleach it out, trying to get it out, or trying to keep your whites white. But yet, still, no matter how much you will get those clothes to be white, it would not compare to this glorious reflection they're seeing now of Jesus. And then the wording that they use, it said how bright and how lighting it came, it says it's almost as dazzling and bright like the stars. They saw him transformed. And, and in this process, it says they were terribly afraid. So I can see how they covered their eyes and looking in the text because it says that immediately when they looked up again, uh, they saw that everything was gone. So I can see they covered their eyes. But yet when they first see Jesus transformed, they see Moses and Elijah talking to him. I, I wish I could be a part of that conversation about Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. And in this process, there's something specific here. Moses represents the exodus. God told Moses that there will be another one to come after you in my image to redeem the people. Moses took the people out of bondage into the promised land. Elijah, God called him up. He did not see death. I want you to see the imagery here. Moses, the Redeemer, pulled the people out. Jesus, the Redeemer, going to pull the people out. Elijah defeated death. He did not see death. God called him up to his own. Jesus telling him, I'm going to rise again. I wish, that, I wish I had somebody here with me here. Jesus is standing here. But the problem here, that we just like Peter, that we put Jesus sometimes not in the right position. Peter decided, I'm going to make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, as this is some common standpoint. Peter says, well, this, we should stay right here. It is good for us to be here. We should just stay right here and forget everything else. We should stay right here. But yet the text, the gospel according to Mark, he helps us to understand that Peter just did not know what he was saying. <laughs> he was just scared and felt, man, this might be good. Let us make three tents. He saw Jesus being transformed before him. He, he saw Jesus and put him on the same pedestal as Elijah and Moses. But Jesus is greater than Elijah and Moses. How do we know this? Because while they're still there, and this transformation happened, it says a cloud overshadows them. A cloud. What does this cloud represent? The cloud. Did not Moses go up high on a mountain? And did not a cloud cover that mountain? And did not a voice come from that cloud on the mountain? Do we not see a voice coming from this cloud on the mountain? And this voice was God speaking of saying, this is my beloved son. And he tells the disciples a specific command, listen to him. I want y'all to open up your eyes and understand. God is saying, look here, this is this, and this is what this is. And Psalm, the second and, and the seventh verse, talks about this too, how there's something specific of the coronation, the crowning of Jesus being done here. Before, before when he was baptized, we have the blessing of the Father of the Son. He blessed him. He blessed him. It's something special getting a blessing from the Son, from the Father. He blessed him. Now he's coronating him. Say, this is my son. This is the beloved. This is the king. This is the chosen one. Obey him. Listen to him. He tells this to the disciples. They hear this. Now they're wondering, what does all this mean? Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody what you have seen. Basically, seen this experience. The word in the, in the Greek is the logos. Basically, understand this whole message. Everything that you have just seen. You saw me transform. You saw my body change. You saw Elijah and Moses appear. And I want you to grab something here. It was not some ghost they saw. 
that went over somebody's head. Let me ask you this. Do you build a shelter for a ghost? He was looking to build physical tents for these three people he saw. Moses, Jesus, and Elijah. Because Jesus' body transformed to a glorious body. And he realized that they were talking. It was something tangible. And they wanted to hold on to this. And, and he's letting them know that this was something specific, something unique, something they never saw before. And Jesus even made it in specific. The Gospel of Mark likes using it. It said, the Son of Man. Do not tell them until the Son of Man rises from the dead. And they were confused. What does this mean, rising from the dead? Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. We see that coming in the 11th chapter. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He knows he's about to die, but he's telling them, do not tell anybody till I rise from the dead. They saw Jesus being transformed before them. And I'm getting something here because there's something that we need to understand. He is talking about the resurrection. And the resurrection is not something mystical, some out-of-body experience. There is a physical resurrection. And this physical resurrection talks about how our bodies will be changed. And in this, they saw Jesus' body immediately change. Does not the text we see in 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 1 Corinthians 15 chapter how how the incorruptible will put put on, I'm sorry, the the corruptible will put on incorruption, mortality will put on immortality. Do we not see how in a twinkling of an eye we shall be changed? They were on a mountain and it said immediately, immediately Jesus changed. Something specific about here. Something Jesus showing here, look here. He let them see this for their benefit. Who? James, Peter, and John. These three people who are going to be leading the disciples. Three, these three people who you read about in the, in the Acts and see how they were moving. They got to see some, realize that the living was not in vain, that there is a resurrection. And Jesus lets them know, do not tell anybody this until I rise from the dead. Letting them know that what you've seen is something good, but you're going to see something greater. Being transformed. Peter. James and John were transformed that day. They saw something that they'd never seen before. They saw Jesus change right before them, and then immediately he went back because it says after they, they looked around, so they were scared and trembling, covered their eyes, and after the voice of God and the cloud lifted away, they saw Jesus all by himself. And I can see Jesus being cool like he is. So let, let's go on down, fellas. <laughs> but they wanted to stay on that mountaintop. Have you ever had that experience that you, you, you changed and you became better in your life and you, you got that mountaintop experience and you want everything to stay just as it is? You don't want anything to change. You want everything to stay just like it is because it's so perfect and so good. But oftentimes when you go up to the mountaintop, guess what? You got to come down. Jesus said the Son of Man must suffer many things. We see that in Mark 8 chapter, previously told them that, who do you say that I am? They said, some say Elijah, some say this. He said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Messiah. We see here, the Messiah must suffer many things. That's why I say it, it is written that Elijah did come first. He's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist did come first and prepared a way for him. But yes, they did what they wanted with him. Unlike Elijah, they, they could not grab, catch up with him, but yet Herod, was able to kill John the Baptist. They did what they want with him. 
Jesus, the Son of Man, they're going to do what they want with him. Took him from temple to temple, trying to find anybody to condemn him, beating him down, even before he was condemned, chastised him, knocking him down, had a kangaroo court lying on him. Jesus knows, so yes, the Son of Man is going to suffer many things. Just as you might be transformed, yes, you make it to the mountain, yes, you might have to come on down from the mountain. In our lives as Christians, we get so caught up that we don't want to suffer. We act like we should always have nothing but money and joy in our lives. But yet, just as we enjoy in his glory, we also should enjoy and suffering for him. And just as the Son of Man was willing to suffer for us, we too should be willing to suffer for him. Just as the Son of Man was willing to give up his life for us, what are you willing to give up for him? I, I can tell you right now, since you're standing here, it has not cost your life yet because you're, you're still here. But yet it has some cost some people's lives just to talk about Jesus. Just to share a Bible. Somebody's been killed giving Bibles to people. Somebody's been killed talking about Jesus. But we're living in a free land, in a free place. And we've seen that Jesus has died and rose again from the grave. But yet we're scared to speak of what we have seen. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus, were terrified. Them too, they were scared. But then they became emboldened when they saw their Savior rise again. But yet I can see now. How when they were in times of conflict, they realized that we've seen Jesus transfigured on a mountaintop. We've seen Jesus touch the hand of a baby girl and her wake up and they fed her. We've seen Jesus make the lame to walk. We saw him change into a glorious body. We heard audibly God speak and say, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. They can see this transfiguration happen, and I can see how they were transformed. I challenge you to give your life over to Jesus. I challenge you to listen to Jesus, obey his command, and see does not your life change. You too can see Jesus and be transformed. It's a constant process, metamorphosis. That's what the Greek word, a metamorphosis. He changed. His appearance changed. Your communication can change. The way you look at things will change. Because when you see Jesus in all his glory, it should motivate you to change how you walk. To change how you talk. And they were confused, but we have the unfolding story now. We, we have more evidence than, than Peter, James, and John had. So we can understand now why Paul says, I ask you, brothers, to do not be ignorant like some of them are. Who die without a hope. But I'm glad. That my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I'm glad that God is truly as, has exalted him on the throne. And I'm glad that I have already confessed that he is Lord. And I can see myself now like Peter being trembling and scared, just wanting to stay in the presence of Jesus. But I understand that I can't stay with him right here. Because I too got to be changed. <laughs> I have to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And in this text we can see here that God is showing us that you can be changed. Something physically will happen. You can understand that there might be some dead and gone. But yet those who are still here, they will all will be changed. Tell somebody, everybody will be changed. Everybody will be changed. Tell, let them know. My, let them know. I know Jesus. My body's going to be glorious. Let them know. My body's going to be glorious because it said that his body was so transformed, it was like nothing they ever seen before. I haven't seen streets of gold before. 
I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know one of these days I'll be able to walk on streets of gold. But I'm seeing here that Jesus is saying, in order for all of this to happen, I have to suffer for you. My Jesus, the suffering servant. He spoke of the prophets. We read about the lamb, the suffering lamb who was bruised for our iniquities. We talk about by his stripes we have been healed. I'm glad today, as this is first Sunday, we do this in remembrance of him, Jesus, who died on the cross, but did not stay in the grave, because three days later, he got up from the grave. We see here that Jesus told him in Mark 9, chapter 1, verse, says, some of you may see, will not pay before you see the kingdom of God. He could have been alluding to what they saw right here, because that's a sign of the kingdom, of a transformation, because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to redeem and bring us back. But yet, uh, we have been challenged to be transformed. And that's why Paul talks about how we need to put on kindness, gentleness. Take off the old man and put on the new man. So while you're here on this earth, you ought to go ahead and say, Lord, take my hands, take my feet. We just saying that, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. And the Lord said, Lord, I want to put down my bitterness. I'm going to put down this negativity. But now I've seen Jesus and all his glory. I want to be just like Stephen. Why they might be beating me down. Uh, I can see him standing at the right hand of the Father. I'm glad today that my Jesus is not buried in a grave. Uh, I'm glad today that they don't have a box of his bones because my Jesus tomb is empty because he was transformed into a glorious body and I believe the record says that one of these days uh, we're going to be changed to be just like him. I'm glad today that one of these days uh, you might get me confused with Jesus because I'm going to look just like him. I'm going to have a glorious body. I'm going to be in the, in the front of his throne. He going to wipe away the tears from my eyes. There's a transformation happening. Let us start changing now. Peter, James, and John was able to walk and grow with Jesus. We have that same ability to walk and grow with Jesus. We can have a mountain high experience, but also when we go down from the mountain, did not Jesus go down with them? So when you even come down from the mountaintop, it's been, he is still with you. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, listen to Jesus. That's what God just said. So that's the commandment we need to go. Listen to Jesus. And I dare you not to see yourself be transformed. I dare you not to see your life being changed right before your own eyes. It can happen immediately and suddenly. You don't have to wait. But when you just turn it over to Jesus, 
it changes just like them because he's that powerful. He is that good. He is that great. His love endures forever. You too can see Jesus and you too can be transformed. It can happen in your heart. It can transform your mind. And watch how your family changes. Your relationships change. Your children change. And you realize it has nothing doing with you but all by the power of God. That's why Paul said in the power of God and his my put on the whole armor of God. I'm glad today that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm trying to leave you alone, but my soul just got happy because my body is weak and frail, but I can hold on to the God who has everything in his hands, the God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that placed the sun and the moon in the sky, the same God that calls the stars out one by one, the same God that had Jesus' body rise again from the grave, the same God that put everything under his authority, the same God that gave him the name above all names, the same God that's going to wipe away every tear from my eyes, the same God that saved my wretched soul. I'm glad today that I'm being transformed. Over and over. Because this body right here is wretched. It wants to do its own thing. But I got to give it over to the Spirit. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. Oh, the enemy's waiting for you when you come down the mountain. Look at the text. I challenge you to go home and read it. The enemy was waiting for you when they came down the mountain. But Jesus was right there. Stay with Jesus. Be transformed. Because we already seen him transform. They buried him in a grave. Thought he was dead. But three days later, he rose again. They thought, they thought they were defeated. He appeared to them in a locked, in a closed room. They went out fishing. And he, they saw him making them breakfast. He rose again. He rose again. There's a physical resurrection. So be mindful that this is not your home, but you're just being transformed. So on one day, when the trumpet sounds and you see Christ on the cloud, we all will be changed immediately. Be transformed. Tell somebody, be transformed. Be transformed. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we come to you right now seeking to be transformed before you the regeneration of your Holy Spirit to continue to renew us to help change our minds because Father when we stand before you we see how sinful we are we see how wicked our tongues are how evil our hearts are but Father Lord we ask you forgive us and cleanse us of all sin and we thank you that you are faithful and just that you forgive us and will clean us of all unrighteousness. So, Father, we give our lives to you. All that we have, we give to you. Because what we have, Lord, does not belong to us, but they are gifts from you. So, Father, since now Christ has died and rose again from the grave for us, we now live our lives for him. If there's someone here who's still heavy bowed, heavy bowed, every eyes closed, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, we want to lead you in this prayer 
as you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that you did rise again from the grave from, on the third day. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal oh Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you for forgiving me. Amen. May we stand as we extend the hand of discipleship.